welcome to today's show, Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess, passionate, inspirational speaker, author, poet, and entrepreneur. Good morning, and welcome to Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I'm so glad that you joined me this morning. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd. I want to give a great big thank you to those of you who are listening today and a great big shout out to all of you listening all over the world. I'm delighted and so grateful that you tuned in. I hope you're enjoying a fabulous day today and that you're having a fantastic week because you know what? You know what? (laughs) In the grand song of the universe, life is very, very short. It's short and sweet and very, very precious. So, I hope you're making a difference in your own life. Because when we make a difference in our own life, you also make a difference in somebody else's life. Now, a lot of us, a lot of folks, want to make their life count for something. But they don't seem to know how to do that. Or it seems so big, so large, so looming to them, they don't know where or how to begin. So they ask me, Dr. Dr. Gloria, how do you do that? How do you make your life count? Well, you know me, I like to keep things simple. <laughs> and it's pretty simple to make your life count. Now, You do it day by day, step by step, moment by moment, every single day. (laughs) 365, 24-7. You make your life count by being there. Being there for someone who, who just needs to hear the sound of your voice. I know sometimes I call up my mom and I say, Mom, I really don't have any news to share. I don't have anything that's different in my life. You know, she lives 2,000 miles away and I say, I call because I just want to hear your voice. Let me tell you, my mom, (laughs) just the sound of her voice washing over me, right? An adult woman, right? But she makes her life count for me by just, you know, talking to me. And so that I can hear that sweet, sweet sound of her voice. Sometimes we can we can make our life count by the simple loving things that we do for somebody else without any expectation of return, right? We can be an encourager, we can be a champion, a cheerleader. You know, maybe we take a walk. We take a walk with someone we love. Maybe we make a special dinner for them, right? Or maybe we make breakfast, a hot breakfast in the morning rather than, you know, getting that breakfast on the go like we sometimes do. Maybe you have a new neighbor in your in your in your neighborhood. Maybe it's right next door, you know? And maybe you make them a batch of cookies or bake a casserole for them. And it doesn't have to be a new neighbor. You know, you can make it for somebody who's been there for a while, right? Take a load off. Maybe you haven't spoken to your to your brother or your sister for a long, long time and now is the time to give them a call, right? Or maybe you visit your uncle. You know, maybe you're the only person in the family who does that anymore, right? And what a difference your presence makes to that one person. I know after after I work a day, uh, you know, uh, a long day uh, working with my clients, 
maybe I've been facilitating a retreat or a meeting of some kind, and I come home, and, you know, sometimes I find that my husband has lit a candle, and he's lit some incense, some warm, fragrant incense, and then he runs a nice hot bath for me. Just because, (laughs) right? Just because, because he knows I've been working hard. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, okay? That's the kind of difference you can make in somebody else's life. You make a difference by being grateful for who you are, being grateful for family and friends, and by counting your blessings. And you know what? We can actually go beyond simply counting our blessings. We can go beyond that by being a blessing, being a blessing in somebody else's life. I know just a few days ago I was leading a a circle of women. I had young women, I had middle-aged women, I had older women in the group, and these women really wanted to lean into their purpose, right? Now, I had somebody come in late, and she says, oh, Gloria, I'm so sorry I'm late. And I said, no, you're not late. You're right on time. (laughs) You know, she was. She was right on time for her. And we welcomed her into the group and folded her right in, and that's how things go, right? And then when she introduced herself, she said, you know, I thought that this was going to be your class. Um, I thought that this circle was going to be all about legacy. And so I kind of waited a few minutes, and, you know, I had her introduce herself, and then I came back around to her, and I said, you know, everything I do, Everything I do, everything I talk about, my whole life is about legacy. So so you're at the right place at the right time (laughs) because for you, this circle will be about legacy. You will get what you came for. Now, you know me. I talk about legacy on this show, and you know that, you know, if if you really understand legacy, we don't have to wait to the end of our life or wait until we're about ready to retire or transition, right? to think about our legacy. I mean, you know the drill. Legacy is what I talk about every single week on this show. We create our legacy every single moment, every single day, right? 365, 24-7. And this circle was really all about legacy. And one of the things we did in the circle that made a significant difference in every single person's life was we shared stories. We shared stories. I invited them to share a story about, you know, someone or something that's what I call chasing them down, right? Usually that's your purpose (laughs) and you're running away from it, right? And I also had them share stories about what inspired them, who or what inspired them. Because, you know, we can't see in other people what we don't already have in ourselves. And then we talked about, you know, closing the gap between that thing, that presence, whatever it was that was chasing you down, and what inspires you, you know, what lights your fire. And let me tell you, they shared some amazing stories with one another, some pretty amazing stories. You know, sometimes we just need to to sit back, (laughs) to just put our feet up and hit the pause button, right? Just hit the pause button. We need to sit across the table from someone, grab our teapot, pour a cup of tea, you know, light up the coffee pot, pour an espresso, whatever we're doing, and just listen. Listen to someone else share their story. Sometimes that's how we can make a difference in somebody else's life. 
Now, one of my favorite poets is a woman by the name of Muriel Rukheiser. Muriel Rukheiser. And I love what she says. She reminds us. You know, some of us think that the world is all about science, right? That the world is made up of of atoms. (laughs) But she says, oh, no. The world is not made up of atoms. It's made up of stories. The world is not made up of atoms. It's made up of stories. I love that. I remember growing up in my personal village, we used to sit around the kitchen table, you know, just girls and women, husking corn, silking, you know, taking the silk out of the corn, shelling peas, right? We'd sit around just talking and, you know, picking the stems out of the collard greens, and we'd share stories. We'd share one another's lives. So sometimes it just helps to put your phone down, to turn Facebook off, to turn Twitter off, (laughs) to stop taking those photos for Instagram, right, and just sit across from the table, sit across the table from someone, look into their eyes, and share your life with them. That's what legacy living, make your life count, is all about. You can learn more about legacy and legacy living Make Your Life Count, by visiting the Gloria Burgess website. That's Gloria Burgess, G-L-O-R-I-A, you know, like the song, (laughs) G-L-O-R-I-A. Gloria Burgess, B as in boy, U-R-G-E-S-S dot com. That's the Gloria Burgess website, G-L-O-R-I-A, B as in boy, U-R-G-E-S-S dot com, or by visiting Facebook. (laughs) I just told you to turn it off, and now I'm telling you to visit it, right? But again, if you want to learn more about me, uh, go to facebook.com forward slash dr, as in doctor, Dr. Gloria Burgess, Ph.D., forward slash. All right. So today, today's show is part two of a show that began last week that honors the legacy, the life of Dr. Maya Angelou. Now, if you missed last week's show, be sure to download it so you can hear part one. Now, you don't want to miss that show. Download it so you can listen to it again and again to get what you need from it. Like all of my shows, I want to inspire you to make a difference in your own life so that you can make a difference in the lives of others. I also want to equip you with ideas, information, and resources that you can use, that you can actually put to use in your own life, and so that you can share the wealth with others. In fact, one of my goals with these shows is to share the wealth so that folks in countries and in places in the U.S., and countries outside of the U.S. where there are few books or little access to them and other similar kinds of resources so folks can listen in and get what they need. Okay? So in my travels, I'm actually astounded to see more cell phones these days than books. I'm talking cell phones in countries that don't have libraries. Okay? <laughs> but let me tell you something else. With a cell phone, you can listen. You can listen into this show and to other shows, 
and you can share the information, and you can share all of these great resources. I just love technology sometimes. <laughs> can I get an amen? Especially when it's put to good use, right? And you know what? If you're so inclined, you can share the wealth with folks in your circle in the United States and beyond. All right. Now, about Dr. Angelou. Now, most of you know that she was an amazing poet and writer. Well, did you also know that she was an actress, director, filmmaker, humanitarian, mom, (laughs) and so much more? Now, as many of you know, during the month of February in the United States, we celebrate Black History or Black Heritage Month. Well, you know me. I celebrate the lives of all people all the time, (laughs) no matter who they are. I just love celebration. And I especially love to celebrate the soulful lives of African Americans, black lives, every single day, 365, 24-7. So, Who is Maya Angelou? Well, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, she's an incredible poet, writer, actor, director, filmmaker, humanitarian, and an amazing human being. Miss Maya's poetry and prose shines the light on what it means to be human. Now, just as she was honored to write and share a poem for President Bill Clinton's inauguration, to shine the light on what it means to be human, Dr. Maya Angelou was also honored and blessed to write a poem to shine the light on the life of Nelson Mandela, a man who deeply understood what it means, what it means to be human. I share this poem with you because there is so much of Maya's life tucked into her writing, her values, what she believed, what she stood for, who she stood with, lessons from history, and shining, shining rays, the shining sunlight of her dreams, what she dreamed of for our future, for the future of humankind. Now this poem, Maya Angelou's poem for Madiba, was written to pay tribute to him upon his death. It is called, His Day is Done. His Day is Done. His day is done, is done. The news came on the wings of a wind, reluctant to carry its burden. Nelson Mandela's day is done. The news, expected and still unwelcome, reached us in the United States, and suddenly our world became somber. Our skies were leadened. His day is done. We see you. South African people standing speechless at the slamming of that final door through which no traveler returns. 
Our spirits reach out to you, Bantu, Zulu, Shosha, Boer. We think of you and your son of Africa, your father, your one more wonder of the world. We send our souls to you as you reflect upon your David armed with a mere stone facing down the mighty Goliath. Your man of strength, Gideon, emerging triumphant. Although born into the brutal embrace of apartheid, scarred by the savage atmosphere of racism, unjustly imprisoned in the bloody maws of South African dungeons, would the man survive? Could the man survive? His answer strengthened men and women around the world. In the Alamo, in San Antonio, Texas. On the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. In Chicago's Loop. In New Orleans' Mardi Gras. In New York City's Times Square. We watched. We watched as the hope of Africa sprang through the prison's doors. His stupendous heart intact, his gargantuan will hale and hearty. He has not been crippled by brutes, nor was his passion for the rights of human beings diminished by 27 years of imprisonment. Even here in America, we felt the cool, refreshing breeze of freedom. When Nelson Mandela took the seat of presidency in his country, where formerly he was not even allowed to vote, we were enlarged by tears of pride as we saw Nelson Mandela's former prison guards invited courteously by him to watch from the front rows his inauguration. We saw him. We saw him accept the world's award in Norway with the grace and gratitude of the Salon in ancient Roman courts and the confidence of African chiefs from ancient royal stools. No sun outlasts its sunset, but it will rise again and bring the dawn. Yes. Yes, Mandela's day is done, yet we, his inheritors, will open the gates wider for reconciliation, and we will respond generously to the cries of blacks and whites, 
Asians, Hispanics, the poor who live piteously on the floor of our planet. He has offered us understanding. We will not withhold forgiveness even from those who do not ask. Nelson Mandela's day is done. We confess it in tearful voices, yet we lift our own to say, thank you. Thank you, our Gideon. Thank you, our David, our great, courageous man. We will not forget you. We will not dishonor you. We will remember and be glad that you lived among us, that you taught us, and that you loved us all. I love this poem. It's a poem that's fairly new to me, one that I discovered in the last few weeks. And I love Nelson Mandela, what he stood for, what he died for, how he gave his life to his country for the sake of a free South Africa how he gave himself to the world, really, as a statesman. I remember when I was in Africa, while he was still alive, I traveled to Kenya and to South Africa in that season. And I remember asking some of the young people in Kenya, because I was so excited (laughs) to be so close to South Africa at that time, I asked the young people, I said, well, so what do you think about Nelson Mandela? And they said, who? And so I repeated the question because I thought, well, maybe they didn't quite understand me. I said, what do you think about Nelson Mandela? And they said, who is he? And I realized that they really didn't know who I was talking about. There's so much that we take for granted, so much that I take for granted. And one of those things is the infrastructure the infrastructure of information, the availability of information, the access to information. And what I realized that these young people, these adults, had not heard of this man because they had little access to the kind of information that I take for granted. That's one of the reasons that I am wanting so desperately to make this show available in Kenya, in Nigeria, in Ghana, places that I've been, and other places throughout Africa, throughout 
some of the Asian countries, throughout the rural communities in the United States, in South America, please help me. (laughs) I can't do this on my own. Please help me. If you know of people there and you like this show, help them get connected. This show is not just for not just for people who have easy access to books and other resources, but maybe easy access to a cell phone. Help me share the wealth. Spread the word. So Maya Angelou, Miss Maya has fans all over the world. (laughs) Many, many millions of fans. And two, she also has many critics. Now, why is that? Her critics say, you know, she writes poems with lines that are really short. Hmm. <laughs> Her critics say she uses words that are that are simple. So what are they really saying? I say they have read, but perhaps they've not understood. I say they've read, but have they chewed? <laughs> they've read, but have they have they not sampled and savored the many, many lives and layers of Ms. Maya? They've read, but they've not digested. They've not metabolized. They've not appreciated the very ground on which she stands. Ms. Maya's words are poignant and powerful. In this poem that I just shared with you, His Day is Done, she does the same thing as in her other poems. She pays tribute. She pays tribute to what it means to be human. Now, whether she's writing about women or men or children or anything else she cares about, she writes as all writers do, by putting the right words in the right order. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what poetry is. The right words in the right order. That's the beauty of poetry. And we all need beauty in our lives. We all need shimmering rays of beauty that comes through poems. I love what Jack Kerouac says about poetry. He says, don't use the phone. (laughs) Don't use the phone. People are never ready to answer it. Use poetry. (laughs) And T.S. Eliot, he says, genuine poetry can communicate before it's even understood. Genuine poetry can communicate before it's even understood. One of my absolutely favorite poets, Naomi Shihab Nye. This Palestinian-American says the real heroes of race and culture would always be the people who stepped out of their own line to make a circle larger. The real heroes of race and culture would always be the people who stepped out of their own line to make 
the circle larger. At the end of the day, that's what we're here for, right? To love, learn, and serve. To share beauty. Oh. <laughs> and to make the circle larger. To pass it on. To pass it on to someone else. To pass it on to the next generation. By doing so, we make a difference in our own lives and in the lives of others every single day. That's what Miss Maya did in her life. She is a model, an exemplar of what I mean by legacy living. Dr. Angelou didn't just count the days in her life. She lived each day to make her life count. In a New York Times article, poet Elizabeth Alexander shares a lovely moving story about her encounter with Miss Maya. Although she never met the elder poet, Alexander stepped into the same shoes, the same exact shoes when she was named inaugural poet for President Obama's 2008 election. She says, Maya Angelou called me on the telephone. Before she said her name, I recognized the voice. <laughs> Lustrous, deliberate, precise, a diction well known to me from countless elders. Elizabeth says she spoke in a rich chest voice of a grandmother singing a song at bedtime. Now, did she call me child? I felt like she did, for her words and voice drew me close. I was attempting to write the inaugural poem, agonizing, spinning in the thickets of the task at hand. We spoke for a good long while. Oh, I, I really don't remember the substance of what she said, only the even reassuring tone of her voice that made this task seem possible. Alexander goes on and she says, I recall a sentiment that's often attributed to Dr. Angelou. If you have a song to sing, who are you not to open your mouth and sing to the world? You see, singing your song in her world view should be as natural as breathing, even if, as she did, you struggled to come to voice. And poetry is as close as human beings could get to song. Mm. At the end of their conversation, Miss Elizabeth asked Maya if she would be coming to Washington for Inauguration Day. She says, that Maya gave a long laugh. <laughs> oh, no, my dear. <laughs> I've done that before. I shall turn on my television, open a bottle of wine, and enjoy a potage <laughs> of my own preparation. And I shall laugh and cry and sing. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> There's so much weight. Wow. There's just so much weight, so much gravity in what Maya shared. 
Alexander breaks it down. In her own words, she says, such exquisite formality married with mother wit. This formality coupled with mother wit characterized her prose as well as her poetry. Formality that says, I have mastered the language and its elocution. And there are stakes in that mastery from people who were assumed to be unworthy of culture and of citizenship. And then Alexander discusses that lovely word, potage. <laughs> In fact, she's positively delighted by Maya's use of such words. And what a great example. I mean, what a great example of the formality intermingled with Angelou's mother wit. Alexander declares, isn't potage much more interesting and unexpected than soup? <laughs> yes, yes it is. Indeed, it is. Thank you, thank you, Elizabeth Alexander. You know, almost three years ago, Almost three years ago, on May 28, 2014, Dr. Maya died. She crossed over to the other side. And our fellow poet and sister friend Nikki Finney says, Surely there were many, many saints just waiting to greet her and welcome her over to the other side. In her book, A Song Flung Up to Heaven, don't you just love that title? <laughs> A Song Flung Up to Heaven, Maya writes the sixth book of her autobiography, her memoir. In this historic book, she poses an essential and perhaps what became for her a perennial question. She asks, how did it happen? How did it happen? Lifting her voice to the ancestors and to God and to the ages, Dr. Angelou asks, how did it happen that we could nurse a nation of strangers, be maids to multitudes of people who scorned us, and still walk with some majesty and stand with a degree of pride? Dr. Angelou responds, we had come so far from where we started and weren't nearly approaching where we had to be, but we were on the road to becoming better. And to that I say, amen and hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, few people know that Dr. Angela was active in this country, in the United States, and abroad, active in civil rights struggles and in the civil rights movement here in the U.S. In fact, she gave her supports to two giants in the U.S. civil rights movement, Malcolm X and Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Both of these men were shot down. They were assassinated. 
And when that happened, like so many of us around the world, when Dr. King was assassinated, Angelou was devastated. It's reported that she withdrew and cocooned herself until activist and fellow artist and writer James Baldwin reached out to her. At a dinner, amid the glimmer and shimmer of New York's literati, something steered within Maya. Something reawakens. Her passion for writing is rekindled. And Dr. Angelou's friends encourage her to write again, to begin to write about her life. And so she does. In the final paragraphs of her foreword to I Dream a World, Angelou writes of black women, about our grandmothers and great-grandmothers. But she could just as well have been writing about herself. Miss Meyer writes, The heartbreaking tenderness of black women and their majestic strength speak to the heroic survival of a people who were stolen into subjugation, denied chastity, and refused innocence. These women have descended from grandmothers and great-grandmothers who knew the lash firsthand and to whom protection was a phantom known of but seldom experienced. Speaking of the 75 women who, like her, are featured in Brian Lanker's work, I Dream a World, she writes, their faces are captured here for the ages to regard and wonder. But they are whole women. Their hands have brought children through blood to life, nursed the sick, and folded the winding cloths. Their wombs have held the promise of a race which has proven in each challenging century that despite threat and mayhem, it has come to stay. Their feet have trod the shifting swampland of insecurity, yet they have tried to step neatly onto the footprint of mothers who went before. They are not apparitions. They are not superwomen. They are not larger than life. Their humanness is evident in their accessibility. We are able to enter the photographs and enter the spirit of these women and rejoice in their courage and nearness, precious jewels, all. Thanks to their persistence, art, sublime laughter, and love, we may all yet survive our grotesque history.
Now again, here she's speaking in the forward to I Dream a World by Brian Lanker. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Maya Angelou. Born on April 4th, 1928 in St. Louis, Missouri. (laughs) Born Marguerite Annie Johnson. She changed her name to Maya, a name given to her by her brother, Bailey. Miss Maya, precious jewel that you are, may your mighty and well-traveled and wise soul rest in peace. Shalom. Miss Maya, we lift you up and celebrate you. We celebrate you during Black Heritage Month and every single day. Today and every day we celebrate the luscious, marvelous, majestic, magnolia-scented music of your life. And we express our deep and abiding gratitude. We thank you. We thank you for showing us what legacy living is all about. As you know, I love to celebrate black history, not only during the month of February, but every single day, 365, 24-7. Now, if you missed last week's show or any part of this week's broadcast, you can listen to the recording at your convenience. You can even listen to it on the go, right? Check it out at www.talknetworkradio.com forward slash Legacy Living. That's www.talknetworkradio, all smushed together, dot com forward slash Legacy Living, L-E-G-A-C-Y-L-I-B-I-N-G. Now, before I close today's show, I want to thank each of you for tuning in to today's show and for allowing me to share a bit of my journey with what legacy living is all about. Not just living and learning, but living and learning and serving so that you make a difference in your own life and in the lives of others. It's about being on purpose every single day, 365, 24-7, Legacy living is one of the many ways to make your life count. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess, and this has been Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. Please join me again next week right here on Talk Network Radio for another show of Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. We're here again next Wednesday, 10 a.m., right here, (laughs) Talk Network Radio. Don't just count the days in your life. Make the days in your life count. That's what legacy living is all about. Have a fantastic day. And remember, remember, make the days in your life count. God bless you.
that's our show today. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess. I hope you'll join me again next week. Until then, don't just count the days in your life. Make the days in your life count. That's what Legacy Living is all about. Here's to you. Have a fantastic day. Be sure to make it a yes kind of day. And remember, celebrate. Celebrate the music of your life. Make the days in your life count.